Whoa. Corbin Burns is a Baltimore Oriole. What a 24 hours in Baltimore. They have a new owner who's probably going to spend, and they have a new ace at the top of their rotation. And it didn't seem like this was coming from Milwaukee. Scotty Braun, A.J. Pruszynski, and Ken Rosendahl. So, Ken, quick reactions to Corbin Burns getting dealt from Milwaukee, including the fact that I think many people thought he was going to be held on to, given that they signed Reese Hoskins. That's a great point, Scott. And the Brewers seemingly have gone back and forth all winter internally on whether they wanted to do this. And the owner, Mark Atanasio, is sensitive to their competitive position. They just lost Craig Council as manager, right? And they're replacing him with Pat Murphy. And the question then is, okay, that's great. You want to compete in the NL Central, which is a weaker division, but you face the possibility of losing Corbin Burns for nothing after losing Brandon Woodruff, non-tendering him because he's injured and not getting anything for him as a free agent. And then Willie Adamas is another question. So they chose to do this even after signing Hoskins. Joey Ortiz is a good prospect. He can play the infield for them, maybe gives them the ability to trade Adamas now. Maybe they go in that direction. D.L. Hall should be able to move into their rotation. But this is not the same team without Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. And that is what the 2024 Brewers are looking at. But obviously, guys, the bigger thing here is the Orioles. And what an amazing 24 hours it has been. First, the news that this club is being sold. And now, of course, the addition of the ace they have been seeking all winter long. Their farm system is so deep that they could give up Hall or Tease and a competitive balance pick 34th overall next year because they've got other players coming. Jackson Holiday is one of them at shortstop. So... I'm not even sure this hurts the Orioles that much. Granted, Burns is only one year of control, but it's a great move for them. It reinforces everything they accomplished last year, enables them to take a step forward. Wow. Uh, wow. I mean, wow. We, we, you know, listen, here, here he is right here. My guy. I've had this here since day one of this show. Corbin Burns in a Brewers. I don't know. I got to get like an orange marker and, and put an Orioles logo on him now. I I'm shocked the Orioles did this, and I'm even more shocked, like you said, Ken, the Brewers did this. If you're the Brewers now, you have to look at possibly trading Adamas. There are teams that want shortstops still. The Dodgers are one. The Marlins are another one. Then you have Devin Williams. Devin Williams recently signed a one-year deal with a club option for next year. That's two years of control if you want to trade him. How far do they go with this? I'm not sure. Hoskins is a one-year guy. He's got an opt-out at the end of the year. Could, of course, stay for one more year. They're going to try to compete. I am certain of that. It's just that they're going to have a much different look. And this might not be the end for them as far as trades. All right, so where are we at with the Orioles, Ken? This is what we were kind of begging for as a fan base in general of the sport. It's like tapping them, poking them, do something. All they had done this entire offseason was sign Craig Kimbrell, fine, suitable replacement for Felix Bautista, who should miss most of, if not all, of the season here coming up. And he was a lockdown closer for them, maybe the best in the sport. Are we satisfied now? Like, did the Orioles do what they were supposed to do? They can kind of go, all right, let's head into spring training. We don't need to trade anyone. They're not going to necessarily make much of a financial investment yet in their player payroll, even though it does sound like the new ownership group could take over in a matter of weeks? Like, Orioles are the best team in baseball now? Oh, I don't know that I would say that. There are other teams, the Dodgers notably, that you would have to put in that conversation as well. The Atlanta Braves are not going anywhere. But certainly with the Orioles now, you look at the rotation, it's an entirely different look. 
Bradish and Rodriguez, Kyle Bradish, Grayson Rodriguez, two of the best starters in the second half of last season. Now you put Burns on top of those two. You have the idea, the possibility of Jackson Holiday making this team coming out of spring training. It's not something they're ruling out. You have all these other young players coming, as well as the core that's there, Santander and Hayes and Rushman and Henderson, all these guys. It's a really exciting time for them. And yes, this offseason until two days ago had been a disappointment in a lot of ways, but fans are really happy about the likelihood that the new owner will spend more than this owner. I would think that's fair to say. And you're taking on 15 plus million with Corbin Burns for this year, but it's the kind of move a team in their position should be making. It's one year. And beyond that, we'll see what happens. Obviously, Burns is represented by Scott Boris. He's not going to sign an extension tomorrow. He's not going to sign an extension most likely at all. But they'll take their chances with him this year. Maybe with new ownership, they'll be in position to at least try to sign him at the end of the season. And we'll just see where it goes. Wow, I'm, st- I'm shocked. All right, so I have to ask this, Ken because you're deeper in all this stuff than I am. The, the Dylan Cease was the name we kept hearing for the Orioles. Does this mean the Dylan Cease market is kind of dead right now for, for the White Sox? And they also didn't give up Basayo, Mayo, Kerstead, or Kowser from the Orioles, so they still have a plethora of, of prospects. So what does this mean for the Orioles, and does this kill everything for Dylan Cease? I don't know that it kills everything for Dylan Cease. I would never say that, AJ, because – a team could come at the White Sox tomorrow and decide, hey, we're going to do this, and that's that. But the White Sox position has been they're not going to trade Dylan Cease until they get the offer they want. It's the same position the Brewers are in. My concern always, when you take a pitcher into the season, you risk that he might get hurt. He might not be that effective in the first half. Now, these guys are among the best pitchers in the game. That's not as likely. But the injury prospect is real. So the White Sox... If they carry Dylan Cease into the season, they incur that risk. And maybe it all works out for them, and they get a boffo deal at the deadline, and it's possible. Pitchers at the deadline command perhaps even more than they do at this time of year. But at the same time, that is a bit of a risk. I don't expect this, though, to change their position. They are adamant about the package they want back. They are absolutely entitled to take that stance. This is two years of control with Dylan Cease, not one as it is with Burns, but At the same time, it's going to be really interesting to see how they handle this. And if this changes things, maybe for them and other teams as we enter the final weeks before spring training. Ken, great work on this. I know you already have a story out uh, on The Athletic and more to come. So we appreciate the time and we'll see you on FT. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Ken Rosendahl, FT Senior Insider, with us on the Corbin Burns deal. All right, AJ, let's unravel some other pieces of this, including already Orioles fans being like, you might be able to throw $250 million at this dude and say, take it or leave it now that there's new ownership. Dude, I don't think we should overlook the fact that new ownership takes over and what, 24-ish hours later, <laughs> suddenly this trade happens. And we kept thinking that it was going to be Dylan Cease, right, for Baltimore, like you mentioned. Dylan Cease for this coming season costs half the price of Corbin Burns about. I think he's in the eight range, right? And Corbin Burns is in about the $15 million range. Baltimore was operating like a super tiny market team with John Angelos. Okay. $15 million was probably something that they didn't have approval for, or at least we're told to wait until this sale is finalized. I'm pretty confident that this trade also happens because there's new ownership. So have you ever seen an ownership group 
Sammy take over and make a move like this already from the jump. Oh, hey, 100-win team. Here's your freaking ace. And it's a dude that you didn't even necessarily expect. Like, I got to say, I think Corbin Burns is better than Dylan Cease. He's certainly had a more consistent career. They're both capable of being number ones. But Corbin Burns might be a top three or five starter in Major League Baseball. Uh, don't forget, he also has some big trophy. I don't know. What, what are they? It's a trophy they give the, the pitcher? I don't know. One FT every few weeks, and it's like right behind him. He got it. Oh, Cy Young. He has a Cy Young. I forgot about that. Um, listen, this is incredible. Again, the, the ownership came in, and everyone in Baltimore is excited. We asked, we talked to Ken Rosenthal. We've talked to everybody in Baltimore the last couple of days, and they have said, man, this is a huge deal for. The Orioles, new ownership, new new enthusiasm, new energy and around Camden Yards, and boom, what do they do? Now, my question is, and Ken had to go, but was this a Mike Elias trade or was this a new ownership, let's get this done trade? See, that's the question. Mike Elias is probably sitting on this, and to me, they didn't give up a lot. I mean, listen, D.L. Hall, nice pitcher, Joey Ortiz, good player, but they didn't give up any of the guys that everyone's been talking about, Hearstead and Kowser and Jackson Holiday, and all these guys that people keep saying, man, these guys are going to be studs. So this is a win-win for Baltimore. And if they lose Corbin Burns after one year, but they go to the playoffs and they make a deep run, possibly win a World Series, it was totally worth it. And this is what I want to see out of teams. This is what's great about the new ownership coming in saying, all right, let's pull the trigger. Prospects are only prospects for so long. So listen, the Brewers got two players back and a competitive, competitive balance pick. I mean, great, but this is a bigger deal for the Orioles than it is for the Brewers, other than signaling to the Brewers fans that now Devin Williams could be on the block. I mean, there's a lot of guys. Freddie Peralta, is he on the block now? Willie Adamas, right? He's another one that they could possibly trade. What do they do with Wilson Contreras? I mean, Christian Yelich has got to be sitting there going, man, I know I signed a nice deal, but could I get traded? I mean, there is a, there's a lot of steps that could come now out of the Brewers making this one move. I'll add another name, Reese Hoskins, if he has a big first half and the Brewers aren't in contention. You might get traded, too, if you're Reese. I mean, I think Reese East concerns in Milwaukee that they were going to – not try this coming season think about this they won the division last year and this coming season they now traded away their number one starter now unfortunately this is what happens with a team like this they're looking at themselves and saying we can't just let a player like this go and get nothing back or get obviously a compensation pick back which by the way i would like to add aj there is a 34th overall pick which is essentially a first-round pick that's included here. Some people are like, I thought you can't trade draft picks. It's a comp pick, so you are allowed to trade competitive balance picks, which Baltimore does right here. This actually also proves my bigger point that we shouldn't allow all draft picks to be traded in MLB because it's easier to pull off deals that way because teams fall in love with prospects. But trade, trading draft picks is a little easier, and it sweetens the pot. So anyway, let's look at Baltimore again. Suddenly, AJ, not only is this team capable of obviously getting back to the postseason and winning the division. But how do we like this for the playoffs? Lining up Burns, Bradish, and Grayson Rodriguez as your one through three. We'll see how Means looks and Kramer, et cetera, at the back end of that starting rotation. But those three hmm. can compete with any top three. Yeah, I mean, listen, yeah, you throw Means in there for a four, who's throwing a no-hitter, been an all-star, he's pretty good. So, I mean, that's pretty one good one through four. Uh, Grayson, if he takes the next step, Bradish was awesome for him next year. They got Kramer. They got a bunch of guys down there uh, for the fifth to compete for the fifth job. So, listen, anytime you can pencil in a guy like Corbin Burns, and you can say what you want about, oh, he hasn't been as good since the Cy Young. 
But you know when he takes the ball, most of the time he's going to give you six innings, probably strike out ten, you know, give up three runs, whatever, two runs, one run, if you're having a great night, whatever it is. He's going to give you six innings, punch out ten. That saves the bullpen. Back it up with Bradish, back it up with Rod Grayson, back it up then with John Means. I mean, one through four, that is solid. This is – I mean, if I'm Brandon Hyde right now, if I'm Freddie Gonzalez, the bench coach, I am like, man, let's go, boys. I can't wait to get to Sarasota, get into spring training, and see how all these new toys look. Yeah, I'm with you, man. And let's look at what Kylie McDaniel said about this trade to put it in context. So one year of Corbin Burns getting paid a little over $15.5 million for six years of Joey Ortiz, six years of D.L. Hall, and a late first-round pick, okay? To put in some context for the Milwaukee side, because they're going to have to do a little reload here. And yeah, I mean, I would imagine Joey Ortiz can probably take Adamas' spot if they end up making a trade there. We'll also show you J.J. Cooper on the other side. And this is why it made too much sense. They could not get to spring training without a top-end starter to join the other uh, players in their starting rotation, right? The other pitchers in there. So J.J. Cooper from Baseball America said the O's have the top farm system in baseball. No matter who all is in this trade, the gap is so big that they likely will still have the best farm system in baseball. So that says a lot about what we saw from Baltimore over the past season, too, because we saw a lot of debuts last year, AJ, but a lot of those guys are still eligible as prospects and kind of entering their rookie season. So that's why it made too much sense. It's like you don't even have enough places for all of these guys. You know, that's Joey Ortiz, a great defensive shortstop. Guess what? You're not playing shortstop on the Orioles. That's Jackson Holiday whenever he comes up this coming season. You know, so <laughs> that's what we kept like saying, though. They, they have multiples in every position. So why not make a trade? Figure out the one that you might not like as much as the other team likes them and say, adios, buddy. Joey Ortiz, guess what? You're not Jackson Holiday. Sorry, you're going to be a good player, hopefully, but you're not going to be Jackson Holiday. Deal Hall, you're a nice pitcher, but we can find another one. And it's amazing what they gave up. I mean, it doesn't, I mean, listen, these guys hopefully are great, but I just don't – I mean, man, I feel like the Brewers could have got more. But, again, I don't know what the offers were. I don't know what Matt Arnold was listening to in the Brewers' end. I don't know what he was thinking about. I know it's only a one year for for Corbin Burns, and he's probably going to be a free agent because he has Boris. But, man, I feel like, man, you should have gotten more. But, listen, again, I'm not in those deals. But, gosh, man, this is – if I again, if I'm an Orioles fan, I am jumping up and down for joy. I am throwing the confetti. I am doing whatever it takes, popping champagne, because this is a new era in Baltimore Orioles baseball. Yeah, we're already seeing it. I mean, this is what we've been talking about already all week on FT. I mean, they've they've been operating like a poor franchise, and they've obviously thrived. They did their tanking. They built back really well. Michael Elias was by far the best thing that John Angelos ever did during his ownership tenure. I guess uh, he did a couple. Listen, as much as we we've bagged on John Angelos, he signed a new lease. He got them to stay there in Camden Yards. He's done some stuff. He got the city and the state to agree to put a bunch of money into Camden Yards to renovate it. And also, too, I think they're going to revitalize it and do kind of a ballpark villagey thing down there. So, listen, I mean, he also, you know, did some bad things. But, listen, we got to give him a little credit here because he did bring in Mike Elias. He got him their lease signed. He got money for the new ballpark, for the ballpark to be kind of renovated. And now he sold it to great guys who seem like they're ready to go. And they got Cal Ripken back involved with the uh, with the Orioles. So, I mean, go O's. Yeah, it's a renaissance period right now in Baltimore. Here's Sarah Langs with some more info on what the Orioles rotation is going to look like. Bradish had a 2.83 last season. Corbin Burns had a sub three in 2022, uh, two and a half ish in 2021. 2020 was a low twos. Last time the Orioles had two qualifying starters finished with sub three ERAs in the same season. Wayne Garland and Jim Palmer 
1976. I mean, this is quite the one-two punch. And I'll make this case too, AJ. Grayson Rodriguez, stuff-wise, can be a one. I mean, he had the hiccup last year where he came up and not everybody's going to be perfect right off the jump. He goes down to the minor leagues. There were tweaks. One of the tweaks that stood out was he had a cutter that was getting bashed by righties. And he was just like, okay, I'm not going to use that against righties. So some of it was just figuring out your pitch mix. And he did. And then he comes back up and he was much better. So we've barely seen what he can be in Major League Baseball, but he's capable of being a one. Like This is a guy that we've been watching in the minor leagues for the last few years saying, oh, this is Cy Young stuff coming from this guy. So that's Every, why when he went down, whatever they did when he went down and, and I did a game worked. of his with Fox and we got to talk to him and he was like, man, I made some adjustments mechanically. I made, I, you know, I kind of scrapped the cutter, like you said, more four seamers, curveball changeup, And the second half of this year, this guy was really good. So again, I don't want to undersell Grayson Rodriguez, but Bradish was awesome. Again, they got Kramer, they got means, they got, now they have Corbin Burns. This is a solid rotation. And, I want to. I'm interested to see what the odds jump to now. As soon as this, you know, if you were going to put a hundred on the Orioles, I hope you did it before they made this trade because I guarantee the odds change as soon as this deal came across. Yeah, they're going to spike. And really, if you were kind of playing that angle, you should have assumed to some extent that this team was going to pick up a top end starter. I just think that the blitz, the surprise is that it's Burns and that it's not Dylan Cease. Okay, so let's backtrack to the Brewers again for a sec. The NL Central, the rest of the NL Central has to be freaking out in joy, right? Because with the Reese Hoskins edition, some of the young talent like uh, Sal Freelich and Jackson Churio up this year for Milwaukee, they look like they can be a team that can win the division again. Certainly capable of doing it still. It's not like a gangbusters division by any means, but Cincinnati fans rejoice. Cubs fans rejoice. Cardinals fans cheer. I mean, Pirates fans, 2025. But <laughs> seriously, I mean, this does change the complexion of the division. And yeah, they end up trading Adamas even more so. But I mean, when we stack the division now, for, for me, I've got Cincinnati ahead of Milwaukee just from this deal alone. That puts me over the top. I was thinking about it anyway, but this to me makes it easier that the Reds are going to be able to leap ahead of them. Cubs still have room if they're going to add a piece or two. But for me right now, without, say, a Bellinger and maybe another starter, I don't love them winning a division. But I don't know where you have the NL Central stacked. But we try and stack things up as moves happen. And for me, I think Milwaukee is not waving the white flag by any means. But, dude, I mean, this is – it's maybe better during the season – when you do something like this and you look at the team, okay, and remember when they traded Josh Hader and the team was like, what the fuck? And I, I think if you hit a point this year where the Brewers were like, okay, we're not going to get anything for Corbin Burns. We're going to let him go because if they get to July and they're in first place in the division, they can't trade him. They can't do that again to their team. So you're two weeks away from spring training and they made the decision that if the deal was sweet enough, they were going to do it. Agreed. They, listen, they made the they, they made the deal that they think is the best for their organization going forward. This is this is a tough situation if you're Matt Arnold and you're the the GM or the you know director of baseball ops for the Brewers because you have a guy that is highly coveted, obviously in the trade market. But you also were like, man, we got a chance because the NL Central, the Cubs haven't done a lot. We mentioned the Reds have done a bunch, but are they good enough to pass the Brewers and the Cubs? And the Cardinals made some moves, so. I mean, the rest of the division got better just by Corbin Burns leaving because that's what, I don't know, maybe 10 starts he's in his division that they're all going to not have to see Corbin Burns. So they're all, all the, especially the lefty hitters are like, oh, thank God, no more cutters coming in on my hands. But 
man, this it's interesting because now again we talk, we just talked about it earlier. Like, what does this open it up? Is Adamas gone? Devin Williams is a guy a lot of people would love to have in the back end of their bullpen. I, I mean, again, Yelich. I mean, there's some guys. Reese Hoskins, if he gets off to a good start, uh, and, and Bob Nightingale here, you know, with, with his tweet, agreed. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what we're saying: the Orioles have reestablished themselves in the East. Well, the NL Central is now wide open, but the Brewers trading with the Think about the Brewers. They lost Woodruff, Hauser, Burns this offseason. That's three of their five starters that are gone. Two of them are elite, elite starters, right? Hauser's a good starter, you know, above average. He went over to the Mets. But, gosh, man, it is it, – it, it's it's interesting to see what the Brewers do from here and how they – because now it's almost guarantees Jackson Churio has got to be on the team out of spring training, right? Because you're not, I mean, you're yeah. you're almost going into a rebuild. They won't call it that, but there's got to be some semblance of your Brewers fan going, "Gosh, we are having a rebuild here, start over." And where are they going to find enough quality starting pitching? I don't know their their organization inside and out, but right now I look at it, you got Freddie Peralta, and I'm like, and you got Wade Miley, and I'm like, man, who else do they have? Yeah, I'll give you the three on the depth chart right now on their just basic MLB.com depth chart. It's Joe Ross, Colin Ray, and Robert Gasser, three, four, five. And there's other dudes that'll be in the mix. And I'm I'm not sure exactly still the role um, of some guys that are coming back from injuries too. So uh, either way, it's that that's not anywhere close to a rotation that's going to um, do damage, right? I mean, not compared to what it was. Think about it. What it was what two years ago? Even they had. What about at the beginning of this past season of 2023? That's yeah. what made everyone excited. You're like, hey, if this team gets to the playoffs and they have a little bit more offense, Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta can carry you. Problem is, by the time they got to this postseason, they got blitzed in two games. They didn't have Woodruff, and they lost anyway with Burns and Peralta, and that was it for them, right? Yeah, but they didn't score any runs either, don't forget. Yeah, and I think their offense is going to get better, but the, the, the way this team is looked at now is going to change. This is not a team built on pitching and defense at the moment. Their bullpen was awesome last year, and it should be good again. But the starting rotation is going to take significant steps back for now. You know, they also let's not forget they also lost someone very important to the organization in the David division. Stearns. No, well, they lost David Stern. Craig Council. They lost Craig Council <laughs> in the division. Yeah, to a team of what less than two hours south of them. In, in, in Wrigleyville. So, oh, man. I mean, you're Pat Murphy. You're thinking, all right, I got a chance. You know, I got a chance mm-hmm. to step in. I still got Burns. I still got Freddie. I, we brought back Wade Miley. All right, we brought in Reese Hoskins. All right, here we go. And then he's like, wait. He's he probably got the call from Matt Arnold. He's like, wait, what? Wait, wait, man, I was, wait no, wait. You can't trade him. Uh, but you know what? Now, I mean, gosh, what am I gonna what am I gonna do here with this? You're gonna have to change that up. I'll add a few other names too for the rotation. Obviously, Dale Hall should be in that rotation. Maybe not mm-hmm. from the jump, but at, at some point. And he's but is he a reliever or is he a starter? Because I think well, there's more, been question marks. I mean, he's he had more. He's had more success as a reliever, hasn't he? Yeah, but I think if you're trading for him, you're giving him a shot here. You might as well as a starter. You know, okay. seeing if he's got the arsenal to do it, and then. Uh, the name that I was that was escaping me was Aaron Ashby because he actually has really good stuff. But he does, a, but he, he's he's a gosh, he's a five and dive guy. He's been always hurt. He's always got an injury, right? I mean, he missed. Yeah. Did he miss all of last year or most of last year? Right? Yeah. I mean, they love him. They signed him to a deal, but he's never been able to stay healthy since he signed the deal. I mean, listen, he's got great stuff. I again, I did a game where he started and they were raving about him, but he you know he threw 100 pitches in four innings and it was like okay. I see why he didn't last very long, but 
I mean, there's there, there's some holes. I mean, listen, there are some holes uh, in this rotation now. There's some holes now. And again, what do they do next? Because I mean, if you're Willie Adamas, you got to have a bag packed right now. Yeah, Jacob Mazeroski is the big pitching prospect for them too. All right, on the positive end, the glass half full is this is one of the wildest times in Baltimore baseball history. Casey Stern had to change the narrative of your team uh, offseason in mere minutes. Yeah, Orioles. I mean, that's the thing. Both teams, though. I feel like this is both teams. You could put, you could answer Orioles or Brewers slash Brewers. Yeah, but here, here's my thing. Okay, Th- this is my final thought because. On this show, in the offseason, we do spend a lot of time on ownership. We do that for a reason. Owners dictate baseball more than in other sports. There, there's not a, an official salary cap, and there's definitely not an official salary floor. So this is what changes a team. So when we cover the Orioles' ownership change as much as we did, we do that for a reason because things change. I don't think we expected it to change in 24 hours, but then we bring on John Orand, who broke the story about the Orioles' new ownership group, and he said it could be weeks, not months. Okay, now we're seeing hours, not days, until the Orioles change. And I guarantee you the Orioles were on Dylan Cease because Corbin Burns was too expensive, and now they're able to shift to a $15-plus million a year pitcher to acquire on top of the 13 already. That's almost $30 million on Kimbrell and Burns that they've added so far this offseason. This is only the beginning for Orioles fans. We talked about on this show, $70 million payroll for them last season, how insane that is for a team that tanked for years and then they're competing. It wasn't going to take much for them to be a World Series contender. In my mind, they are. And this is just the beginning for Orioles fans. I think Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson are probably pretty pumped up too because, again, I think you're going to have ownership that's going to push a paper over to them and say, hey, do you want to be here for a long time or even for the entire time in your career? They're going to be talking to free agents next offseason. They're going to be more involved in the trade deadline. There's not going to be things holding them back when the payroll starts this low. I mean, AJ, if they double their payroll, they're in the 140 range. That's still only about average in Major League Baseball, and that is a lot of talent that they can add. So sky's the limit for this organization at this moment. This is going to be some of the best times in Baltimore baseball history final thought agreed agreed this is a time listen to get the blue jays the red sox the yankees it's a wake-up call guess what the orioles are coming for y'all not only did they win 100 plus games last year they just went out and got better so this is a huge message to the rest of the division saying hey boys we ain't going away anytime soon the new ownership is here rubenstein group is here to stay we got money we got passion we got the orioles fans behind us and we got some crab cakes coming to the boys in oriole land because They're going to win a hell of a lot of games coming up for a lot of years. We're going to have to do some shows from Baltimore. It's one of my favorite places. There's Corbin Burns. He's on the show all the time. He looks different. Is he going to grow the mullet back out like he did? That's photoshopped. So we have recent interviews every few weeks with Corbin Burns. If you want to see kind of the latest on what his thoughts were this offseason, great dude. I like that from the Orioles. Big talk. Mike Elias, big deal. dog. Exactly. That's a freaking deal right now, Mike Elias. I so. can't believe Tiger's wearing a, a Orioles hat like that, though, man. Dude, he he's like he's on the bandwagon, keeping up, keeping up with the trends. Everyone's on the Orioles bandwagon right now. So that's it for us for now. Uh, for Brzezinski, I'm Braun, and thanks to Ken Rosenthal at the top of this video for joining us. So if you want to get Ken's five minute thoughts, just scroll back. And then we're all over this story on FT Live. I'm sure we'll be getting Corbin Burns on as quickly as we can, as well as. 
He's a regular on this show. So thanks for tuning in. Any questions, whatever it is, you can hit us up on all of our social platforms. Check out our pod if you want to listen. We'll post this on there as well. And congrats to Orioles fans. You just landed a freaking ace on a contract year who might go off this year and win you a World Series. We'll see you on FT. We've got a new offer for the FT fam with the same bonus code FOUL, F-O-U-L. Bet $5, get $158 instantly. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through the BetMGM Sportsbook app of at least $5, and you'll receive $158 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app, sign up and deposit at least $5 into your newly created account, Place a wager in the amount of at least $5 at standard odds price. And once you've placed a bet, you'll receive $158 in bonus bets, regardless of the outcome of your wager. Again, that's bonus code FOUL, F-O-U-L. Gambling problem or concern? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.